Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. M.S.W. Media. Hey, it's Dan, and thank you for being here for this, the 100th episode of What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. Such a special occasion calls for something a little different. Instead of me interviewing a guest per usual, this time I'll be the interviewee. My inquisitor will be esteemed journalist Scott Alexander, once upon a time was my editor at Playboy magazine. Also on this episode, renowned spirits expert Brad Jaffe will join me in reviewing several new spirits in real time. Oh, and since we've reached 100 episodes, we're all grows up. I'm happy to announce the launch of our website, whatwe'redrinking.com. Still a work in progress, but I invite you to go there now and sign up for our newsletter, which will feature all sorts of cool content from prize giveaways to discount codes to blog posts to pictures and blah, blah, blah. And don't worry about me blasting your inbox with mail all the time. That will require hard work, diligence, and dedication. And let's face it, I'm too much of a booze-addled slacker for all that business. So check out whatwe'redrinking.com and enjoy this, our 100th episode. Yay! Well, pour yourself a glass, sit for a spill. It's time to have some fun. Let's do a little thinking, some picking and a drinking. But this is what we're drinking with Dan Dunn. Hi, I'm esteemed journalist Scott Alexander, and it is my honor, no, it is my privilege, no, it is my satisfaction, it is my many other fancy words to interview Dan Dunn today on the occasion of the 100th episode of What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. I cannot tell you how excited I am for this moment. I've waited for it for tens of minutes. And and now, ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce Dan Dunn. Please, calm down. Calm down. The crowd's going crazy here. Did you put in some good crowd noise? Okay, good. I I don't deserve... I don't deserve that sort of uh, the plaudits you're throwing out. But if you want to throw out more, go ahead. Oh, plaudits. There's nothing but plaudits. Plaudits. Dan. I'm a plaudit-generating machine. That's what I am. So thanks, man. I appreciate you. I appreciate you doing this. You are an esteemed journalist. I am. Uh, the esteem I hold is so very, very high, and it's held by many. I mean, I'm, I'm in all of you right now. So uh, it's not about me, Dan. Today's not about me. Today's about you. Today's about episode 100 of what we're drinking with Dan Dunn. Woohoo! Yes. How, how did you get it. to 100 episodes? Do you realize, Scott? This is the longest relationship of my life. <laughs> with this podcast a hundred dates a hundred dates I've had a hundred dates with my audience and I gotta tell you folks 
that is way better than any of my romantic relationships. I just can't. Yeah, I'm not good at those. But this, I'm they, okay. They at. didn't just let you in their pants. They let you in their ears. That's right. Thanks, everybody. But if anybody wants to let me... No, I shouldn't go there. No, no. I'm not soliciting <laughs> sex from my listeners. Ah, <laughs> uh, No, no. Don't do so, that. So, Scott... Listen, Dan, you're not asking the questions here. I'm asking the questions, okay? Now, I, my, my first question... What we're drinking is beloved by, as we've established, tens of people around the world. With this awesome power comes an awesome responsibility. How do you handle the pressure? Well, Scott, that's a great question. Sorry, burping. I'm glad you prepared an answer. It induced me to burp. That's how good it is. It filled me with, it, it filled me with such... Uh... <laughs> how do you handle the pressure? Burp. Well, it is a drinking show, so I, I will say that a lot of the pressure seems to melt away. As I'm sipping alcohol, as of right, like mm. right now, for instance, I'm drinking a Glen Grant 18 year old single malt whiskey. And I find that the pressure of, you know, when I know someone like yourself's coming on, you've interviewed world leaders. Yes. Uh, trapeze artists, jugglers, mm-hmm. mimes. Household pets. You've even gotten mimes to talk. That's how good you are at this. So, you know, I was feeling a little nervous when we started, but now I've had a little alcohol. So that's, that's number one how I manage the pressure is I drink. That's how I manage the pressure. Do you drink on every show? Uh, Pretty much, yeah. I mean, it's part of it, right? I mean, you're tasting. Well, I'm only doing one, maybe two shows a week, so it's not as though I... If I were broadcasting not... If I were, you know, a cable news network, then that could be a problem if I were just... The question on everyone's mind, though, right now, Dan, is do you spit or do you swallow? Well, that's always been an issue. Not so much at liquor tastings, but when I go to wine tastings... You know, they have dump- it is a different crowd. They're going to want different things out of you. Well, they have dump buckets, right? So I grew up poor in Philadelphia, and the very idea of a dump bucket is offensive to me. Well, a dump bucket means something very different in Philadelphia than it does in a wine tasting room. <laughs> well, the dump bucket's where you go to the bathroom uh, in the parking lot at Eagles games. Number two That's I'm right. talking about. That's the dump bucket. the dump bucket. <laughs> the dump bucket's right over there. We got piss bottles, we got dump buckets. We got dump buckets, and if you're going to use the dump bucket... Make sure you scrape your ass on the edge of the barrel before you get out of the, the edge of the bucket. You don't want things getting messy. Um, I, yeah, I don't like to. Uh, I don't like to waste alcohol, but there are times when, you know, if you want to be able to finish the show, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta spit. Right. It's a sip. It's a sip. It's not. And plus, yes, again. Now listen. Uh, there must be a great amount of preparation that goes into every one of these shows. Can't what you tell? Do you do, what do you do to prepare both emotionally and conceptually for the show? Well, I meditate. Uh, mm. Once, yeah, well, January 1st. I do, every year I do one big meditation on January 1st, and I feel it carries me through the rest of the year. Uh, I Look, this is not an easy thing to do. Get on here and mumble get on here drink and talk to people get on here and drink and and speak into a microphone it's hard for 25 minutes it's not it's not a job for the faint of heart also not a job for people that are underage that are alcoholics that uh have you know really have ambition but if you if none of the if, if that doesn't apply to you that this is a job you can do no one told me about this job, Scott, in high school. Mm. Career day? No one told me about this. I had to seek this. I had to stumble, literally stumble into this job. In career day, they, they didn't say, uh, hey, does anyone want to drink and talk into microphones? <laughs> no. 
Could you imagine when we were young, them being, hey, there's going to be this thing called podcasting? There, there'd be a very popular table in one corner. It's a very sad accountant schools. I, uh, I prep for this the way I prep for everything in my life. I fling it at the wall, and I hope it sticks. <laughs> Maybe it'll stick. Maybe it'll stick. Uh, now, what we're drinking is part of the Starburns Network, which was founded by Dan Harmon. Um, has Dan been a mentor to you in this whole process? One of the things I think probably the most valuable lesson I learned from Dan Harmon is never to get discouraged when you're not getting, you know, maybe you're not feeling as supported as you'd like, say, for instance, by Dan Harmon. So I think in a, in a roundabout way, he's taught me a valuable lesson by not actually teaching me anything, which is, oh, even I'm even on his network. So it's kind of like 3D chess he's playing right there. I'm on his network, and you would think that he would want to help me out and maybe give me some advice or, or even be on the show, but no. Oh, he's teaching you by not teaching you. <laughs> he's, by, That's brilliant. By ignoring me, he's mm-hmm. teaching me that I will not be, I shall not be ignored. Okay. Now, what we're drinking is not your first show. It's not your first radio show or your first TV show. It's, 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 a, it's been a process. Uh, what is it about what we're drinking that differentiates this from all your other efforts? There was the, there was the serious show. There was another podcast, I believe. Yeah. I mean, I have, so take for instance, my previous podcast, I went into that with the best of intentions and I had some partners on that show and I'm going to be honest, I didn't always live up to my ideals and, and their expectations of what we we're going to do. And, and this is, and you learn again, it's all about learning lessons. So one of the lessons I learned on that show f- through my own failings was you got to show up prepared. You got to be ready to do the show, show up on time, for instance, know a few things, you know, understand who it is you're talking to that day and have questions prepared. And again, I'm not saying my partners on the show. I'm saying me, that was on me why that show failed clearly was my inability to show up and be prepared and also to understand the dynamics of the show because everybody has a role to play on a show and clearly I did not understand my role on that show. And by not understanding my role and not being able to fit and mesh with my partners on that show, the show failed. And would you consider yourself a sarcastic person? I'm 100% sarcastic, yes. Interesting, interesting. Um, has there ever been a time when you've been too hungover to perform? You know, these are the downsides of alcohol. To perform the podcast? The, po- the podcast, uh, okay. yeah. Because I get, I'm horny as fuck when I'm hungover. I don't know about you, Scott. There's this, uh, shit, damn it. Shouldn't bring that stuff up. Uh, podcast, too hungover. Well, let me introduce you to three little words, Scott. Hair. Oh, the dog. That's four words, Dan. Four words. I, sorry. See, I've been drinking. <laughs> so so to any, any of you kids out there that are someday dreaming of becoming a hosting your own uh, booze-related podcast, let me just tell you something. No matter how bad you're feeling, no matter how much you're vomiting, no matter how much your hands are shaking or you're losing control of limbs and feeling like you can't go on, there's always a way out. There's always a way out. And you know what? It's called cracking another bottle open and powering through. That's right. 
Yeah. That's right. And the three little words, you know, I'd pass along to you are Betty Ford Clinic. There you go. Well, you know, and is that brave? I don't know. Some might call it brave. I might not. I I mean, is it bravery? Is it, is it fearlessness? Is it being intrepid? That's not for me to say, Scott. That's for you to say. It is. You you are brave and intrepid and, and I would say noble. Um, I mean, a lot of people have called you an essential worker. Do you consider yourself an essential worker? Absolutely. I'm on the front lines. First off, shout out to my other essential workers, everybody working in the grocery stores, the police, the firefighters, people that are putting themselves in harm's way during this virus. So, for instance, the other day, there was a uh, there was a delivery of alcohol. I get tons of alcohol delivered to my house all the time for free, and it was out front. God, that is so hard. See? Again, the nobility, the quiet, you would never say that. You would never talk about these kind of rigors and burdens, but but you just go through it. Yeah. You just power through. Well, so this particular delivery was almost a case of wine. Now, I don't know if anybody out there has tried to lift a, a full box full of a case of wine on your own and carry it back into your house, but I'll tell you what, damn near threw my back out. And, oh and you know, it's one of the things I, I, I try not to go there, Scott, when I'm doing the show, I try not to go there with my audience and talk about, you know, the things that really the well, challenges. I'm, get, I'm getting the, emotional hearing about it here. I don't I have no idea how they're coping. I, I mean, you know, you, you think about people that go into war zones or people that are delivering aid. You know, I like to think of myself in some small way that I'm helping, that I'm helping people out there that need help, that need to know how to get through these things, and we're all going to get through it one cocktail at a time. And the, and the humility. That's the other part. It's just amazing. I mean, you know, yeah, am I, am I the kind of guy that would, I mean, in fact, like, look at this. Some people might say, dude, throwing yourself a big, you know, to-do on your, on the, just a hundred episodes of a podcast seems a yeah, little- what's more humble than that? <laughs> what could be more humble than acknowledging my enormous contribution to society? Here's That's to a hundred more, Scott. Ah, oh, yes. A hundred more. A hundred more. What's your favorite um, episode? Oh, I'm forgot. I can't ask the questions here. I'm sorry. That's right. This is this is my show. Um, do you have any favorite guests that have been on over the, over the year? Oh boy. Well, where do you begin? Do you begin with Matthew McConaughey? Um, do you begin with no, Pitbull? You don't begin with Matthew McConaughey. All right. What about Tiffany Thiessen? Don't start there. Don't start with Tiffany Thiessen. Nope. Okay. What about? Uh, Guillermo del Toro. Director. There you go. Anthony Bourdain. Talking. Oh no, shit! They were on my previous podcast, which we've already, did, uh, you know, we've already established. I fucked it up. They were on my yeah, but on this podcast, and it never happened. Yeah, yeah, it never happened. Uh, this podcast, I would say my my favorite guest. If I had to pick one favorite guest, probably Brad Jaffe would be coming up a little bit later in the oh, show. Really excellent. No, that's called, you know what that's called, Scott? That's called teasing the next segment. It's a call forward. I'm a pro. It's very advanced. Yeah, look at that. Again, anybody out there who's trying to learn this craft, it's little things like that that separate the, the pros from the amateurs. So this podcast has made you one of the most recognizable faces in America. What do you do when you get recognized on the street? <laughs> I don't even think I'd come up with a bullshit answer to that one. <laughs> uh, if someone rec- radio, radio, radio is a medium for faces, they say. I found most people that recognize me on the street, I owe them money. So I, I got to say, if there's a silver lining for COVID, it's the masks. That's right. Nobody okay, knows. Good. Nobody. 
Nobody. It's like in space, no one can hear you scream. In quarantine, no one can see your face to know that you owe them. No money. one can hit you up for the money you owe them. <laughs> money. You owe. I have. I do have some outstanding bar tabs, and this was one of the things I was wondering. Is then you know, COVID just hit suddenly, and they closed down all the bars. And does does the bar tab go away? Like, do I still owe that money? Wow. Is there a statute of limitations on when I would need to pay it back? Or if when a bar I would no tab, need to pay it back? If a bar tab is called due during quarantine, does anybody, does it make a sound? I, I, I would think that just like, you know, the businesses are getting relief from their landlords, they're getting PPP, PP, what are, how many P's are in there? Loans and all that stuff. I think you got to forgive the bar tabs. Bar tab forgiveness. Hashtag bar tab forgiveness. Just declare, you know, some people declare email bankruptcy. I'm not going to get back to those emails. Just declare bar tab bankruptcy. It's the same thing. It's like, it's like bankruptcy for money. You know, you can, here's the thing about bankruptcy. It used to have a negative connotation. And then one day people realized, you know what? I could go bankrupt a gajillion times and still be elected president. And be president. Yes. Right? King of debt. Just another just another wonderful lesson from Donald Trump to the world. You could stiff you could stiff millions of people on the money you owe them and still be elected president. That's right. That's warms, right. Warms my heart. Um so Dan, you know, we've talked a lot about these things. I'm wondering, do you have any favorite moments from the podcast that have that have gone on? Is there anything in particular you'd like to bring back up? Favorite moments from the podcast. Well, as we, you know, like we talked about earlier, I am drinking when I do the show. So I often don't remember much of what happens here on the show, but I do go back and listen. I listen when I, when I take my dog for a walk, I'll listen to the show. That must be a nice surprise to go. Wow. And it's almost like, <laughs> it's like, I, it's like oh I'm goodness. listening to somebody else. I did another show. This is so cool. It's amazing. I, I think, you know, I missed the moments early on, you know, the beginning of the show, I used to be able to leave the house and go do the show. On location and talk to people. So the very first episode, I believe my guest was Zane Lamprey, my old pal Zane Lamprey, host of Three Sheets and various other projects. And we did that show at Zane's house and Zane's cat uh, climbed up on my shoulders and I thought that was so cute while we were doing And then this cat scratched me in the face. Oh, true story. The cat scratched me in the face while I was doing the podcast. And I think that sort of set the tone, Scott. It's a lot like an evening with Zane Lamprey in general. Crawls up on your shoulder at first and then sinks its claws into you. And here I am 100 episodes later, 99 episodes later, and I I still feel like animals are clawing at me. (laughs) They're right outside your door, man. So, So, Dan, that was actually intended to be your cue up for your little clip package. Oh yeah, I haven't I haven't put that together yet. Oh yeah, wait, all right, hold on. Here it comes, everybody. So I'll do, I can do that again if you want. <laughs> no, we'll just keep going with this. Oh, sorry, I missed that cue. Yes, Scott, it's funny you asked that about my my favorite moments on the show. We've prepared a clip package, and here it is. Oh, I had no idea. How's it? It's Neil Everett from ESPN. You're listening to What We're Drinking. This is best-selling author Joel Stein. We've got BK Brian Kelly. And Tyler Hubbard, also known as the duo Florida-Georgia line. Well, I'm from Georgia, and he's from Florida, but we... We met in Tennessee. We we met in Nashville. Well, we met on eHarmony. Tiffany Thiessen, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. It's always good to see you, and... Same, same. To the man himself, Kenny Chesney. Very exciting time in my life, and um, something that has been a vision of mine for a while... 
Hey everybody, this is Ed Kowalczyk from the band Live, and you're listening right now to the second best voice from Pennsylvania. To come full circle like we have and be playing at the level that we're playing and having the fun that we're having, everybody's just like, pinch me. Very, very, very thrilled to welcome Nathaniel Rateliff. The Night Sweats idea was just kind of like me in my attic. I didn't even know it was ever going to be a record than anybody that saw the light of day. So I'm here with Matthew McConaughey. How are you, buddy? I'm good, man. I said, could you throw a few stalks of sugar cane in there? He's like, hell no, I can't. I go, I know you can't, but... My old pal, Adam Corolla, Ace, how are you? You don't know why I've continued to do your shows, or you don't know why you love me? I think you're just going to pull the rate and just go, you know what? I've had enough of this fucking shit. But maybe it's the alcohol. Must be that. I don't have a very high threshold for, like, what I'll do and what I'll not do. (laughs) Hi, this is Kurt Russell. Listen, I escaped from New York, but I couldn't get the hell out of Dan Dunn's happy hour. Please, send help. Dita Von I'm not trying to shock anybody. I'm trying to change people's minds about what it is to be a stripper. Oh, wasn't that a great clip package? Oh, the best. Man. The best you know the best of clips. And that's the other thing I, I, I take pride in on this show, Scott. Some some people, they don't care about the environment, but not on this show. I will recycle shit forever. I, I liked the part where the person uh, took a drink and then they laughed. And that part where I kept talking over them. Oh, yeah. Uh, what, what? The part where you, where you cut them off. Yeah, what? Great. What are you saying? I can't hear you. What was this? Are you on the? You said I could. You my uh, my people uh, often uh, refer to my interview style as choppy and obtrusive. Yours, on the other hand, Scott, I, I you're 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 actually listening to me. What's your secret? <laughs> ears. Why why do you care? Because I find that ears die by the ears. And again, again, you're interviewing. Am I talking? Am I talking? Again, you're interviewing me, Dan. Right. Whose show is it now? Sorry, Go ahead. my show. I'll, I'm sorry, it's hard. Old habits die. What's that? No, Dan, I'd, I'd like yeah. to uh, thank Dan Dunn for joining us today on What We're Drinking with Scott Alexander. Uh, this is esteemed journalist Scott Alexander saying, keep drinking, friends. Thank you, Scott. Hey, let me ask you something. What kind of underwear are you wearing right now? Does it feel like you're sitting in a heaven cloud? No? Well, maybe it's time for a change. Imagine how much more badass you'd feel right now if your undies were covered in pandas or sushi rolls. Mine are, because I wear me undies, which offers classic colors to ridiculous prints, all so you can fully express yourself in your own unique way. Speaking of which, Me Undies Gives is an initiative that supports those who have systemic barriers to their self-expression. By shopping Me Undies, you support causes such as LGBTQ plus communities, mental health and well-being, and women's rights. And Me Undies has a great offer for my listeners. Any first-time purchasers, you get 15% off and free shipping. Go to MeUndies.com/drinking. That's MeUndies.com. Slash drinking. Me undies believes you and your butt deserve comfort inside and out. And me, well, I just like saying the word butt. What let be? I'm awfully glad you asked me that, Lloyd. Because I just happen to have two twenties and two tens right here in my wallet. I was afraid they were gonna be there till next April. So here's what. You slip me a bottle of bourbon, a little glass, and some ice. You can do that, can't you, Lloyd? You're not too busy, are you? <laughs> no, sir. Not busy at all. Good man. 
You set them up and I'll knock them back, Lloyd, one by one. Yeah, one by one. You set them up, I'll knock them back. That's what we do here on What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn on our 100th episode. Hope you enjoyed the interview earlier with uh, my me being interviewed by Scott Alexander. Now I have another esteemed journalist on the show with us. He's been on the show before and he knows a lot of stuff. He knows stuff. Please welcome to the show, Brad Jaffe. Brad, how are you, man? Mazel tov, Dan. Mazel tov. It's good, it's you good. never never forget your first 100. It's good to, it's good to see you, That's man. That's what, what, Ch- what Chamberlain told me. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm, it couldn't. I'm glad you're here to celebrate. Uh, socially distanced. Brad is uh-huh. in studio, but he's six feet away. Seven. Seven. Seven feet away. So we're gonna we're gonna taste some stuff. Normally on the show, I you know, bust out the end, I'll tell you about new products you should be drinking, and we're gonna do just that. But the difference is I'll just go, Oh, this is why I like it. But what you don't get to see is the or hear is the process <clears throat> like that. Normally you wouldn't hear that. Yeah. That's a big part of tasting. It is. Burping. That's retro nasal. <laughs> That's it. So Brad and I are gonna we're gonna taste some things right now. New products we're gonna tell you about, and you'll get a you're gonna get it unfiltered in an unfiltered, unvarnished, unbullshitted, honest assessment of the alcohol we're gonna try. And we're gonna start with something really interesting called Pachin. Okay. Pachin is Ireland's original spirit. Uh, it's thought to be the oldest potable Spirit in the world dates back to the 6th century when records show it was distilled by monks on the island over there. Long before Irish whiskey came into existence, Pachin was being made in nearly every town and village across the country until 1661. You know what happened in 1661? Uh, I think that uh, that's when Columbus sailed the ocean blue. That was, I might have been it, but I also what yeah, happened was the, the British crown outlawed Pachin and as as governments tended to do because it had to do with money they can wanted we to curse con- on the show yeah you can say assholes. Yeah, Those fuckers. Assholes. so they wanted to control and by that by control they mean tax the spirit so all they wanted to tax all the distilled alcohol in ireland so for 300 years Pachin became the what we would call over here moonshine so it, they continued to make their own out of sight you know it was a it really a, a great part of irish culture and it wasn't until 1997, Brad, that the Irish government re-legalized the production and sale of Pachin. And when I say Pachin, it's spelled P-O-I-T-I-N, Pachin. I I actually first had Pachin when I was back in Ireland earlier this year. I went to a Pachin bar called 1661 in Dublin. It was a great spot. And I tried a bunch of them. And one of them that I tried was called the Mad March Hare. And that's what we're going to be drinking right now, Mad March Hair. Brad just poured it, so yeah, I'm glad that uh, the timing of all this is really quite auspicious, being that you know, Dan, November 18th. You did know, yeah, November 18th is International Pachin Day. Wow, I mean, everybody know. I, we all knew about that. It was a prestigious holiday invented by booze marketers, uh, <laughs> and it is uh, to celebrate the resurgence of this most notorious spirit. And the first time ever, like, Americans can toast it with this, Mad March Hair, finally available in the U.S., and we're going to try it right now. So Now, is there a particular grain that they typically would use? Would it be barley back in the day, or is it more corn? Is there... Yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. I don't even know, man. Uh, because I... 
this, you know, let's let's liken it to things that that people probably understand here, which is, you know, a couple of years ago, maybe you remember the white dog craze where it was, uh, you know, unaged whiskeys, the craft spirits were coming, becoming really popular and you need to put something on the market and make money. Um, takes years to age a good whiskey, of course. So they'd start selling white dog right out of the gates. Um, they were really trying to push that and it didn't really catch on the way that I think they were hoping it to because look, there's a reason why we put these things into barrel. It, it makes it taste better. So I've always been a little bit skeptical of white dog. But you but love, you do love vodka though, don't you? No, that's right. I, I don't, I don't hate it, um, but it's not what I would choose to drink. If we're going to sit here and we're going to sip on something and, and talk about the notes of something, vodka isn't necessarily what I would choose because vodka, some great vodkas out there. To me, it's more about the mouthfeel than it is about the flavor, you know, you, I talk about like, oh, this velvety satin coats my mouth, oily, but I wouldn't tell you, oh, these beautiful notes of cotton candy and uh, whatever else. But let's give this a taste. Well, but first of all, I, I was, obviously I was joking earlier when I said I didn't know what it's made of because I am the host of what we're drinking with Dan uh-huh, Dunn. Uh-huh. And Man March hair is used with malted barley. Okay. It's made with malted barley from obviously sourced locally in Ireland and we're going to try it right now. So I want a little bit of the story of the Mad March Hare. In the early 1900s in Dublin uh, is where this where this was hatched, okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, What are you getting there on the nose, Dan? Oh, I get like a little bit of, and I mean this in a very complimentary way, uh, a little bit of wet dog. But that I, it might be your dog that's right next it to could, you. My that, dog is here. Yeah. Um, was she I, outside recently? Yeah, it's your dog. It's, your it's dog. a it. You know what is funny though, and I guess because it's so raw and so pure, it smells like what a distillery smells like. Yeah, and, and and those of you out there who have not been to a distillery, there's a very distinct sort of almost like. Well, it's ethanol. That's what you're smelling, but uh, it. Uh, <laughs> but it. I'm getting on. The but note. a little bit of like. Um, what I love is like the cereal grain notes that you get when you walk into a distillery that remind me of of a brewery because, you know, so many of the whiskeys that we love, if we're talking about whiskey, whiskey starts off as beer and uh, has that similar kind of, it smells like, you know, you're making oatmeal or porridge in the morning. It just has that, that smell that's familiar to youth and, and growing up. It's a nostalgic feeling. Let me take a sip here. Yeah. I mean, it's smooth. I'll say that. I know you're not supposed to say that. The, the connoisseurs hate it when you use that descriptor. But uh, it, I don't. I it, don't hate it. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't burn, right? I didn't get no burn from that. What is it? 80, 80 Did you proof? say I didn't get no burn from that? I didn't get no burn. I didn't get no burn from that. I didn't get no satisfaction. Uh, there is a... Yeah, it's 80 proof. I'm trying to make it out. I'm, there's something dank... And and musty mm. uh, about it, about the smell, right? There's must. This is what I would say in terms of if you're out there and you're thinking about getting Pachin, you're getting it more for the story, mm-hmm. right? Like it's a cool thing. And, and I think, and that's not a small thing either. I, I really enjoy having things on my home bar that people are going to take notice of and say, what's that? First of all, it's got a really cool looking bottle. Yeah. Uh, with It's got a uh, hair on it. Yeah, uh, you've got some Alice in Wonderland kind of Type thing of situation here. going there. Now, this, 
but what would I say it's equivalent to here in the state? Uh, what would what, what, it's a popular drink? I mean, yeah, it does. It does kind of have a bit of a funky vodka. Yeah, there's a funkiness to this mm-hmm. that is. Brad said it earlier, like this mustiness to it. That so it, but yeah, it it's closest. It's probably a kissing cousin of vodka. Because we're, you know, we're just doing, I mean, basically it's, it's, you know, it's a, uh, it's white dog. It's, yeah, it's, but it's, it's grainier than, than vodka because I'm sure that I don't know the real technical details on how this is made, but I'm sure that it's not brought up to the same levels uh, of proof when you're distilling it. In fact, it, it's made in a pot still, right? Yeah. It's a copper pot still. Yeah. Actually. So, yeah. so yeah. So think of maybe some of your more robust and flavorful vodkas that are out there. And there's not a sweetness. They're not the sweetness you expect. Like people that have tried "quote unquote" moonshine here, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. commercially. So, because that's generally made from corn, you're mm-hmm. gonna have some corn in there. There's no corn in here, and I think it's 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 got an earthier quality to it. Yeah. This then. I don't. I don't know the things that that tick you off in in the booze world, but one thing that just really ticks me off is that marketing hijacking of the word moonshine, mm-hmm. because moonshine isn't a style. It's described definition yeah. of something produced illegally. Illicit. That's all it means is that it was illicit. It, that's all it does. But somehow now in this world, you know, everything that's clear spirit is moonshine. Is moonshine. Just yeah. like, just like when the, well, it's the same thing when they, they, they name a place a speakeasy, mm-hmm. you know, Which, when the speakeasy was an illegally, an illegal place to drink. They caught up doing prohibition and now you, oh, it's a speakeasy. Well, and now we've lived long enough that there are actual speakeasies that are back on the rise in the well, COVID era. But I mean, didn't, I'm, I could be mistaken here, but as in the term speakeasy was you're supposed to keep your voices down, yeah. right? That's where it came from because it, you're not supposed to be there. It's illegal. So really a speakeasy doesn't exist now either because it's it's legal if it's, now I could tell you this, when I was in uh, the six, bar 1661 in Dublin and I recommend when the time comes that it's open again and you can go, the guy there made a a Belfast coffee. Yes, he called it. I heard about that. It was cold, so it was cold. Mm-hmm. The coffee was cold, mm-hmm. and it was made with pachin, and it was one of the best things I've ever had. Yeah. So that's why to me pachin is special because it, it just reminds me of that. Was drink. it made with this spirit? It was not. Okay. He, yeah, My, he made it with another pachin. Our friend Yolanda Evans, another very talented, esteemed spirits esteemed. writer, as we say here. Uh, I showed her this bottle, and she was like, "That was the first thing she said." She's like, "Make a Belfast coffee." So, it's, it's, and she lives in Ireland now, so she knows a thing or two on the man, subject. She's living over there. Yeah, she lives oh, there. All right. So she's she's uh, uh, I would say a pochine queen. A pochine queen. Yeah. So I don't know how much it doesn't say how much this is. Like you know. Uh, by the way, this is again, everybody. I'm I'm giving you how you do tasting without writing it all down and making notes. <laughs> Normally, I'd look it up, bit, but I don't know. They didn't say how much it is, so I'm not going to. I think in this day and age, you just the way it works is you go up to your local liquor vendor yeah. and you just say, you know what, this sounds good. I saw it on, uh, you know, what we're drinking with Dan Dunn. So how about I give you thirty bucks and we call it even? Call it you even. know, that's all you got to do. Just go in and say, I'm here. I've got user code WWD WDD. And they'll look at you and say, oh, yeah, of get course. the fuck out of here, you fucking 
You're on crack. <laughs> All right. So what are we going to, I like this. I'm, 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 I'm down yeah. with this. I am down with this. I'd be, I, I think it, if you want to have something interesting in your bar and it certainly could mix, you could make a lot of drinks with this. It's a clear spirit. Yeah, it's going to go, you know, it's good, very versatile. Definitely versatile. There. So again, if I, if I knew the price, maybe we should just look it up. Well, also what I would say is that, um, you do get some essence of, of what you would love about an Irish whiskey, you know, those rounded edges that they always say and the approachability only obviously you're not getting the uh, caramel and the vanillins and all these beautiful tones of the wood, but there is that essence of the backbone of a really good Irish whiskey is really there. So I could sip that. Like I, I, it's a clear spirit that I wouldn't want to shoot. I want to sit here and sip on this. So, so it's about, it looks like about $35 a bottle. See, so if you'd said 30 to your vendor and, and said, call it even, maybe if you told them that you knew Dan Dunn, they would maybe let you get away with that. You gave me quite a pour here and I only have one glass. So <laughs> now I've got what's called a conundrum. Well, now you either have to take that down or you have to take down the rest of, we've got a Glen Cairn here as well, which has a beautiful spirit that well, you that was drinking the Glen Grant 18. You definitely don't want to shoot that either. Shit. Out of those two, I would shoot the Poutine. What well, is my? It is the hundredth episode. It is. We it should is. be shooting. All right, you going to shoot yours? You only turn a hundred once. Cheers. Cheers. Or, or excuse me, Schlancia. Uh Centani. Centani. An Italian. Oh, wow. That is the toast for a hundred years. So, to a hundred. When you're drinking an Irish spirit, you should all say Centani <laughs> Schlancia. Yes. And then you get. Just... And by the way, that is my ethnic heritage, right down the middle. My my mother's family is all Italian. My dad's all Irish. Ah, that's. Wonderful, and also would make for a great uh, Don Rickles. Here we sketch. go. So uh, let, uh, this will be a, a review I've never done before. What does it taste like when I shoot it? Here we go. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a good shooting spirit. No burn. People like to do shots. Mm-hmm. No burn. Am I getting any alcohol burn on that? Uh-huh. Chest isn't heating up. Nope. Uh, I like it. That's a good one. If you're gonna like, just- it wants to go down. I know everybody out there. All of your listeners have taken that shot of something where it was like it's fighting you. It yeah. wants to come back up. This does not want to come back up. It's happy to. That's a good make one. All right. Way down. So we got the Mad March Hair Pachin. Oh. Brad and I both enjoyed that one. So and now for something completely different. Okay, so now we're gonna try. From Plantation Rum, which is one of my favorite rums. I think Brad's a big fan as well. Oh, I love it. This one's called Plantation Isle of Fiji. Yeah. And uh, let me see your glass over here, Dan. Right there. Let me get you. there we go. So the Isle of Fiji rum is a blend uh, distilled in pot and column stills and double-aged in Fiji and France. Okay. Whoa, I can smell it. By, by the way, I'm holding this uh, like a foot away, and I got it already. It's I got this funk. intense yep. sort of- Funk. Baby. Well, funk, funk. like- I got the molasses right Ooh. away. I got the molasses right away, and I got some banana. I mean, to me, this is the real joy of spirits and being in the business that we're in, aside from you know having a beautiful buzz all the time, is it's like, I can't imagine two uh, liquids that are as fur- far apart as the two liquids that we've just sampled right here. You know, like I, I smelled that, like you said, you smelled it from a mile away, and it couldn't be more diametrically opposed from this poutine. It's Everything that that is not. There's no subtlety. You're not here. getting anything on the nose, really, with Pachin. With this, as I said, I, I got molasses. I got banana. I, like, there's vanilla there. There's yeah. some nutmeg there. Well, to me, it's it's um, just you know super super funk that rum funk uh for the people out there that are rum connoisseurs they know exactly uh what we're talking about you know you get it a lot from uh your jamaican your jamaican spirits but it's those ester notes um 
and uh, it's great. Are you getting any smoke on this? Maybe a little, a little bit, bit of, of smoke. smoke on the nose. I get like, honestly, like, and again, this is meant in the most endearing of ways, like a little bit of like rotten fruit. Like if you had like a banana in in a bowl that had stayed out there for too long, like they say overripened, this is beyond overripened. This is like, oh, you're going to have to throw this away, you know? So tell us a little bit about Plantation Rub. Well, Plantation, which they are changing their name. They're going to be known as something else. Why? Is there, is, there a, is there a negative connotation to There's the word There's some plantation? sort of bad connotation there. We're, you know, um, probably going to cut this section of the show out, but yes. Next thing you're going to tell me, they're Trump Vodka's changing their name. <laughs> I'm kidding. They're, um, they're out of business. I, I don't, Dan, I think the numbers are still out on that. We're going to have to get a recount true, before true. we know the, the real deal on that. So, um, But Plantation, Alexander Gabriel is uh, the... If you want to call him the, the, I mean, he's the founder, but he's also kind of the master blender of this whole operation. And his, you know, his passion is rum. He's his. He makes his family is made, and he's made cognac for many, many generations. He also actually makes gin, but he really loves rum. And he has a distillery in uh, in Barbados, but he takes these beautiful barrels from all over the world and brings them back to France and then does the, uh, you know, things that he does with them sometimes not with this Fiji, but with one of them, uh, a release that he had last year, uh, and a couple of them are finished in, uh, cognac barrels back in the South of France. And that imparts some added complexities here. We're just getting, um, straight up funk from Fiji. Actually, this is a double barrel rum as well. So, um, Let's see what this... Yeah, so it spends some time, it looks like, in French oak casks as well, an entire year um, after it sails to France. So this is incredibly complex. Let's go into the tasting notes, but most importantly, like this is a $25 rum. It's crazy. Yeah. It's $25. That's crazy indeed. That's just me chewing it up. Oh, boy. The one thing I would say about this uh, is that I wish that they put it in the bottle with uh, barrel strength because it's it's 80 and it's dangerously drinkable but i want it to be a little bit uh more assertive on my palate like it's more assertive on the nose than it is on the palate well right right up front with it i got sort of a vanilla chocolate mix and then on yeah. the back end of it i'm getting a lot of uh, coconut yeah i get that coconut I get like the oh, bitter, so good. bitter, bitter char- chocolate, right? Like, you know, like 85% cacao when you're getting to that high level where it's just really bitter and astringent. It's got a very, uh, you hear the term round mouthfeel, but it, it is, it's, it's, it's coating my mouth. I'm getting, and there's a lot of fruit in this as yeah. well. A lot of fruity notes. It's a joy. What would you, what would you mix this with? I would put this into a uh, pina colada. Oh my God. <laughs> Just saying that, I'm like, man, that sounds delicious. Yeah. And again, 25 bucks. Yeah. Plantation rum, Isle of Fiji. Also, you know, your viewers can't see this at home. Uh, so we'll give them the astral projection. Like, it's such a colorful label. You know, when you're looking at things like on, on the bar and, you know, people are going to pick up this bottle and, and it's ask wrapped, you a question it's about it. It's wrapped in, uh, what do you call it? A that? reed. In like a reed yeah. there. And it's, it looks, it looks like you just came from a from a vacation in Barbados. 
Mm-hmm. You brought that back with you. Yeah, ironically enough. And the for clap. Me. And you brought the clap back with you because you got drunk on rum and you well, that's, had unprotected that's the selling, sex. Well, that's the selling point for this bottle is it's like all of the booze and none of the clap. Isn't that, isn't that their slogan? That is. So it's like going to Enjoy the Enjoy and then get the clap. Yeah. Ironically for me or coincidentally, one of the last trips that I took in this world where we could openly travel uh, was to Fiji. Oh, man. So this is bringing me right back there. I've never clap been. and all. I've never been. So this is a great one. I'm going to highly 40% alcohol, 25 bucks, plantation, Isle of Fiji, rum. Uh, that's that's the burp again. of approval. Again, unfiltered. On normal show, normal episode, I'm not burping like this. You're but not going to cut that out in post? I'm leaving it all in, man. We just turned 100. Mm-hmm. Fuck it, man. Unbelievable. When you're 100, you can get away with a lot of You're almost of shit. older than your baseball team. The it's almost there. This could be our last episode too. All right. Oh shit. Now I got to now what? Oh what? You need to finish because well, we only have the one glass. It's sort of like a weird. So, okay. All I right. know nothing about this, so this is you tell me. There we go. Here we oh, go. Okay. Some notes. We got tasting notes. So, I'm going to shit. Okay. What do I what do I I got to do the rum. I got to finish the rum. Oh yeah, yeah. You okay. got to. So, tell us what it's like when you shoot that. Oh yeah. Wow. It's Friday when we're taping this, by the way, so looks like we're kicking off the weekend. Smoke them if you It's got them. the weekend. So why while while Brad reviews the notes, why don't we um why don't we get a quick uh promo? Everybody likes a good promo, right? You wanna hear a promo? Always. Okay, let's do this one. Hi, this is Harry Lennox from The Blacklist. You're listening to Dan Dunn, a man whose complete lack of rhythm ensures him a spot at the top of the whitelist. That's our old pal, Harry Lennox, who loves a good rum and he loves a good whiskey. Harry would probably be thrilled to be here right now to try this. The final tasting we're going to do on this, our 100th. Did I mention? Did I mention, folks, that this is the 100th episode of what we're drinking with Dan Dunn? Uh, please, no. Come on. Come on. I can't believe you brought in a full studio audience in here. All right. And then there was a car accident. <laughs> it seems like that, you know. Can I? Since it's the 100th episode, Brad, can you indulge me? Can I play with some of the uh, sound effects? Sound effects? <laughs> some of the, I don't get to a lot of them. There's, there's a lot of them out here that, you know, soon we got, we got uh, Christmas coming up pretty soon. Happy holidays, everyone. Oh, I can't wait. Anyway. Now I feel like we're on like a morning radio show. You know, we need the traffic update. Who's coming in with the, with the live 7 a.m. traffic update? There's got to be somebody. I don't know. Well, you know, I don't know about that, but I can tell you that it's, it, this is your weather, man. It has been foggy. What's going on on the 676, Dan? Skullco. There's a man, there's somebody who's going crazy out there, and he's got a laser, <laughs> and he's shooting people with the laser. But fortunately, the thunder rolled in and scared him away. Let's do this all day. But let's get back to drinking. Okay, so Blue Run. Blue Run. What are we drinking now? Blue Run. And this is some fancy shit, right? It looks like it. I mean, I'm seeing here... This has a hundred sixty nine dollar suggested retail price. That's fancy. Yeah, and uh, you know there's some pedigree 
that comes with this product right here. Uh, the liquid advisor, by the way, the liquid advisor, not the distiller. No, oh, I'm bourbon like a mother. Not the blender, but the liquid advisor. Where's your glass? Is none other than none other than Jim Rutledge himself, who has fifty plus years of bourbon. Jim experience. Rutledge, Four Seasons. Jim Rutledge. Four, yeah, the Four Seasons. Four Seasons. The the four Seasons landscaping. No, I'm kidding. Four Roses. <laughs> What if they were like, we got uh, Jim Rutledge, we got Jim, we got Jim Rutledge. He was yeah. with Four Roses, uh, Rose Gardens. Yeah. He, four, he's doing our, he's our, he's our consultant on this. We've got Four Roses permaculture um, <laughs> and he's going to be giving a press conference in between a dildo shop. And, can I say dildo? Can I say you, dildo? You can say whatever you want, man. Dildo shop and- uh, What's this called again? It is called Blue Run. Blue Run. Okay. You Blue Run, 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 you Blue Run, Run. Met him on a Hyundai and a on a Sean Cassidy, I think, covered the Do Run Run, but who was the original? Uh, that would be uh, Biggie Smalls. No, who who was who was the Do <laughs> yeah, Run? It was like um, the the something Dells, the Del Fuegos, the Del Fuegos, the uh, the Rondells. Oh man, I wish. Oh, here it is, the Do Run Run, the Crystals. Crystals. That's exactly. I was right there. It's right on the tip. Of my head. This How can is, you not be happy? When I mean, you hear that, that is their. I think we found their new uh, advertising campaign. But you know who else covered already. it? As I said, folks. I regret to inform you that Brad just killed himself. <laughs> that was Sean Cassidy. Sean Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. <laughs> He could only be so lucky. All right. So now let's, where were we talking about? Uh, we're talking about Blue Run. Blue Run. Dan. That's right. Blue Run, uh, which is $169. It is 13 years old um, and it is 113 proof. Uh, and as we said, the liquid advisor here is Jim Rutledge, famously of Four Roses for many, many years. So there is pedigree here. There is, uh, you know, there, you can trust that what you're paying for here is something that is of the utmost quality. But there are also some tech guys involved in here, Nike and Facebook guys mm. that are involved in making this. And who doesn't love a good guy from Facebook? Absolutely. This is 113 proof. Yeah. Holy shit. It doesn't drink like it, though. I'll tell you that much. Mm. No, this is actually a really, really, really good bourbon. When they say Jim is consulting, that basically means he's like approving the selection <laughs> of the bourbons. For that, for yeah. the inaugural so, run of So look, it. look, folks, this is a brand new product, correct? It is. And it is 13-year-old whiskey. And so, you know, you can do the math there. There's nothing wrong with it, no. but this is sourced whiskey. And when you're bringing in somebody with the expertise of Jim Rutledge, it's kind of important there because you're going to be selecting barrels. You bring in somebody that knows that you're selecting good fucking barrels and this is what we have here. This is actually delicious. And I believe right now it's only available in Georgia and Kentucky. That's all right. I've uh, been thinking about moving to Georgia anyway so I can vote in the uh, Senate. Yeah. yeah. Well, you shouldn't say that out loud. But. Mm. I can get political here, man. It's my No, 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 no. I just episode. mean, you know. Oh, I can get it illegal here. <laughs> Kidding. In case anybody's politics listening. politics are fine. It's the potential electoral <laughs> fraud that you want, don't want to own up to. So the company's called Blue Run Spirits. So they're going to be apparently doing some other stuff, but this is their this is their whiskey. They're going to do other stuff outside of whiskey? 
I get, I don't know. I mean, it says uh, right here, they're a new kind of spirits company, creating a unique luxury proposition by tapping into the deep heritage craft that makes a truly great whiskey, then elevating it through the modern design and marketing lens to reach a younger, broader, and more diverse whiskey drinker. Well, I'll tell you, the um, the packaging, which I can't see right now, but it is apparently designed by Devin McKinney, who it looks like was uh, behind the iconic design of the Nike Air Force One shoe. What? Yeah, so a shoe designer took part in designing the bottle and label of this product, if what I am to read is correct. So um, that sounds pretty interesting. That is very interesting. Yeah. Now they've only made, they're only going to do 2,600 bottles. Oh, no, no, no. It's, it's, you have to drink it out of a shoe. Exactly. Out of the shoe. It's best enjoyed in an an aged Nike, in a used (laughs) Nike sneaker. Picking up notes of athlete's foot, (laughs) of toe fungus. And uh, musty, back to that musty, musty locker room. I mean, this is a delicious whiskey. Yeah, no. I'm, I'm digging all, it. All kidding aside, this is absolutely fantastic. And uh, It's 170 bucks a bottle. That might be out of some people's range right now during these trying times. Funny you should mention it, Dan, because uh, IWSR, which is one of the uh, leading drink markets analysis uh, companies, did this, uh, you know, very lengthy survey that showed that actually um, the consumption of super premium uh, spirits, which is actually not as uh, pretentious as it sounds. It's actually, I think, things that are like $30 and above, or maybe even $25 and above, are rising throughout uh, this year and expected to go up more over the next couple of years by their projection. Well, I mean, certainly, you know, people are hurting jobs and whatnot but then there's also the factor that you're not spending money yeah, on that's, anything that's what i was going to get at <clears throat> this is how people are splurging now because when's when's the last time that you you know went out to a nice meal and i mean we can't we live in los angeles last you can't night. i went out last night oh actually, all right hatch it all oh you did. oh speaking of which we forgot to mention you and i did have a burger today we did we did we did that was great we went to it was uh, outdoors a drift Adrift. It's a burger pop-up from David Myers, very famous chef here in Los Angeles, had a place called Comsa. Comsa. Brad and I went there today, and we had a burger prior to doing the show, and it was delicious. Yeah. I had bacon on there to celebrate the Sabbath. Outside. It was outside, socially distanced, but it's on Abbott Kinney Boulevard. Mm -hmm. If you're in the Los Angeles area, everybody knows Abbott Kinney, very famous street in Venice, and I recommend you go there. It's called Adrift Burger Spot. I loved it. Shameless plug. It was great. And I had a milkshake. And oh, I love a good milkshake. You had like what? Like a matcha type milkshake? Matcha and vanilla. Yeah, that looked really Mm, good. My God. Yeah, that looked really good. And the burger was really fantastic. The one I, what was it? It was called the uh, DM burger. Yeah. That was kind of the closest one to reflect the one that he had at uh, Comasa. At Comasa, yeah. So it's a a great spot. They got a lot of good stuff. Are you you getting down with... um, with smash burgers at all these days because it seems to be kind of trending i don't know what that is just you know they put it on the griddle and they really smash oh, it down oh yeah you know? yeah yeah it, well, it's, we... and it's got that crisp kind of texture to it well, we're gonna have george moats on the show okay. george moats is yeah, one of the leading burger experts in the world he's gonna be coming up in the next couple of weeks and we will be getting into burgers i feel like this show's running long and it might be time to go but so what i'm gonna do brad i'm gonna you get to hang out for this part where i start mixing Right. Oh, I, you're to, mix. I like. Well, I like to go. 
Oh, I almost thought that was going to be TLC Waterfalls there for a second. Ready? Bing, 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 Too much drums? Yeah. Right. That's, yeah. What about? Yeah. Are you literally like building a song right now? I am. I am. I'm mixing. Hold on. Hold on a second. Let me try this. maybe a little bit nope was that a harper i like that actually should we maybe we'll stop the bass maybe we'll try and then we'll stop the drums by the way everybody listening's tuned out at this point they're like huh what's going on let's try this Nope, not quite there. You do like that, right? Yeah. Here's one. All right, here's one that I pre-did that I made a couple of weeks ago, and I liked it so much that I just went with it. Right? Yeah, that's the one. Well, hey, our one hundredth episode has come to an end, and I couldn't be more buzzed. No, I mean happy. And I want to, first off, I want to thank Brad Jaffe. Brad. Thanks, Dan. Mazel tov. Make, it was great having you as always and your expertise. Hope you guys enjoyed our little tasting. I want to thank Scott Alexander, the great Scott Alexander, for the interview we did earlier. Always, 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 my biggest thanks goes out to you guys for listening. And again, I want to invite you to go to the new website, What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. What we're drink- no, it's whatwe'redrinking.com. Whatwe'redrinking.com. The landing page is there, and you can put in your email address. Get on to our newsletter. There's going to be prizes, all kinds of goodies, original material. I'm going to be writing stuff for that newsletter. Do it now. Also, follow me at the Imbiber on social media. Brad, where can they find you? And wait, what just happened to my shit there? Well, they can count Hold every... Get- you need music. You need okay, music. sorry. But on. I just want to say they're going to count every legal vote when they go to your website, right? That's really important to me. This is you. This is... This is, yeah. Hey, how you doing? What if it would have been great if you dropped the phone number of the uh, the legal team that's trying to uh, collect uh, reports of voter fraud so that everybody can spam I know nothing them. about this. Where, where do we find you on social media? Um, you can find me at Instagram, uh, at Journeys with Jaffe. There's just an underscore in between, you know, all of the words there. Journeys underscore with underscore with Jaffe. <laughs> Very easy. And uh, read just read all my stuff. Who cares about the social media? Go to Bloomberg. I'm writing a lot of stuff there, especially on the end the end of the year. We'll be doing some lists on the best bottles and best things that you can drink, and then uh, anywhere else that fine uh, words are sold. 